All right, well, we're in a series called God's Calling, and I hope this has been a blessing to you. It's been a blessing to me. And, you know, I want to just take a moment also to just thank all those who have communicated to me that this has been a blessing to you. Thank you so much. That really is encouraging to me. I put lots of hours to really seek the heart of God, of what he wants to do to, to communicate to us. And, you know, sometimes it, it strikes you, and, and I'm just grateful for the opportunity to be able to teach. And, and the way that God has shared it with me. You know, sometimes I'm able to do it in such a way as we just go line upon line through Scripture. But sometimes it's, it's, it's awesome to hear the Spirit of God. And what is He speaking to us right now? That's my job. That's my position. That's, that's what God has, has anointed me to do. And that is to communicate to the body of Christ what he's speaking to us right now. So that may come across topical, that may come across in such a way as we, we're going through a book like we did the book of Isaiah. And that's, that's, that's really my call. That's, that's what God has placed upon me, is to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. To, and, and that's where I stand. So I really believe that God has been preparing us. We're in some interesting times, are we not? We're in a place right now where we are having to trust him more than in any way that I think that perhaps a lot of us can remember. And so, you know what? It's good. Shaking is good. In fact, one of the things that we see, even in Scripture, as you study it historically, is that when these times come, they really cause us to really turn back to God. It really causes us to rush to, rush to Him. And what are you speaking? So, I feel like that this was just perfectly planned, our fasting, our time, and to really hone our skills, perhaps even dust off our ability to hear what God is speaking to us. You know, it's, I have found it, it's, it's easier for Christians to often find a word that we have for somebody else. You ever found that to be true? You know, you know I, I really feel like you need to change there. But you know what is a more spiritual, more powerful thing? is for us to be able to hear what God is speaking to us. And so hence this whole series. And so again, what we've done is we're laying a foundation. And at the end of each of these messages, we're taking a moment to just say, God, clear our ears out. Help us to be able to hear you. What are you speaking to me? That is an element of the church. It's an element of the kingdom of God that is so critical to our success right now in particular. And that is, God, I need to hear your voice. I need to be encouraged by you because I hear everybody saying all different kinds of things. I'm seeing what's in the news. I'm reading the headlines. What are you telling me? And to be able to hear those words specifically designed for our situation, to help us with our fears, to help us in our life to know what it is that God wants us to do is so absolutely critical. And what I hope I've been able to do is to lay the foundation to communicate to you that that is exactly what God wants to do. He wants to speak to you. He wants to pour out his heart. He wants to reveal to you what his purpose and plan for your life is if you'll open your heart to him. Last week we talked about the fathering of God. He connect, Jesus came to connect us. He came to say, hey, look, hi, Father, this is David, and, and Father, you know, uh, and David, this is the Father. He's your heavenly Father. So we, let, we talked about that last week, and if you missed that, you really need to check it out, because that, there is a healing, there is a power that comes that is so restorative that, that, that it's hard to even put words into, that when we connect to our heavenly Father, there are things going on inside us that releases us, that brings us into an intimacy that God has always wanted, and it's a lifelong journey. 
but it's also the one that will be completed when we see him face to face. So it's the connection. That's important for us to see. There was Jesus that came and said, look, I'm here to reconcile. I'm here to reconnect. I'm here to do something that will make this intimate and personal. Let's get past all this tradition. Let's get past all the dead ways and the, the things that are become our, our desire and our proclivities. But there's something that's alive and real. Nicodemus comes to Jesus and says, you know, we know you're from the Father. We can tell there's something different about you. And he says, well, I'll tell you why. It's because of the Spirit. It's because... That it, you're, you need to be born again because you're dead. You're not able to perceive what is even happening in the spirit, Nicodemus. You're a man of real truth. You're, you're a part of the Sanhedrin. You're, you're a Pharisee. You, you are, you, without question, you're a man of the truth, but you're not a man of the spirit. You don't know God. You don't know him. And it's through the spirit of God, as we're going to find out tonight, that God does an amazing work inside us. He, 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 I almost like to think that he, he, uh, he restores us in such a way that he fixes our frequency. He fixes the radio inside us. He gives us the, the ability to, to even make sense of what it is that God wants to do with us. And God has provided that. Now, he provided it first with who? With Jesus. Because Jesus spoke their language, didn't he? He sat down and he held their hand. He prayed for them. He, he stood, he walked with them. And as long as Jesus was with them, they now had a person to connect to, didn't they? And they didn't really appreciate it until later, of course, as they began to write the, the scriptures. And you can even feel John saying that as he's writing there in the gospel and in, in, in his, uh, his epistles to say, we touched him. We walked with him. He was the word of life. You can almost feel him just saying, I wish, wish we had that again. But that was the first experience that the church had, was the person of Jesus. But then I'm going to read some scripture tonight, and I'm going to just set it up. Jesus is then kind of coming to the end of his ministry. And, and he's beginning to now, he, he's, he's beginning to not dread it, but there's definitely a heaviness that's coming upon him. An emotional heaviness, as we would imagine. He knows what he's getting ready to go through. But in addition to what his own suffering is going to be, it is knowing that he's having to leave these men and these women and these people, the church, as he's called them, he's going to have to leave them behind. He says, I'm going away. And yet he goes on and says, but I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to complete this work. And he says, you guys don't understand it now. It's okay, you will. And so let's go ahead and jump into, into some scripture tonight that shows us that how God definitely wants to continue communicating to us, to have this relationship, and yet Jesus is going to make sure we do in a very powerful way. Let's take a look. We'll begin with John chapter 16, and then we'll back up a couple of chapters, John 14. I just the way, like the way this lays out. But Jesus is saying this, but truly I tell you, speaking to the disciples, it is for your good that I'm going away. Wait a minute, wait a minute. What? You're leaving us? Yeah, I'm leaving you, but it's going to be okay. It's for your good that I'm getting ready to do it. Now he tells them why. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you. 
So now the word advocate, as you'll see, is interchangeable in, in other translations. It's comforter, but it's, it's equally translated advocate and comforter. But both have a very unique sense, don't they? When we think of advocate, we'll get to that here in a moment. But he's saying this, this very specific language, he's going to be your advocate. We'll come back to that. But when he, the spirit of truth, now he's talking about a person. Who, who is this person you're speaking of? You're going away and a person's going to come back? All right. The spirit of truth. When he comes, he's going to guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what will be made known to you. So the Holy Spirit is tied in all with the Father's plan. He's tied in. He's, he's, he's one with Jesus. He's going to say, everything I've been telling you, he, the Holy Spirit, is going to say all the same things, but he's got a much different purpose in what he's going to be doing. Let's keep reading. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. So we're going to see a chain here of revelation, an outpouring of what it is that God wants to do in us, and we'll come to that. But I want to read this other section because it fills in some of the blanks, and then we'll break it all down. Let's look at John 14. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. Another? Well, that's because Jesus has been functioning that way, hasn't he? He's been their advocate. He's been their comforter. He has been God with them. He's been all of it. He's been their power. He's been their comfort. He's been their strength. He's reminded, he's telling them what the Father has said. Jesus is doing it all because he is God. Now he says, I'm going to send another advocate. So what we can see there is he's going to keep doing what Jesus has been doing. Again, He's going to help you and be with you forever. Well, this is getting good. This is exciting. What, what are you talking about, Jesus? He goes on and he says, this is the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. Well, like Nicodemus, right? Nicodemus couldn't see the spirit because he needed to be born again. He needed to be, to, he needed to be able to be recreated, made into a new person. His spirit made alive so that he could see in the spirit. Doesn't know him. The world doesn't. Doesn't know him, can't see him, can't perceive him. Now, that, that's an important fact, right? Very important fact. Recognizing the Spirit of God, knowing the Spirit of God, is would be considered an attribute. It would be considered a proof test for a person who knows Jesus, right? So keep that in mind. He says, he goes on though, but, he says, because, you know, in case you're getting upset, he, he goes, but you know him, for he lives with you and will, will, notice the timing on this, he will be with you, I'm sorry, he will be in you, don't want to miss that. He says, right, right now he's with you, and the person I'm talking about, you already recognize because you've already sensed his work. You've seen what the Holy Spirit is doing. You saw the Spirit of God come down upon me when I was baptized by John, and you heard the voice of the Father. You've seen all this. 
You not, may not have known how it all comes together. You don't, you don't really know yet the purpose of it all. You're, 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 you're growing, you're disciples, you're, you're trying to figure out this whole spiritual journey. And here Jesus is, is saying, I'm, I'm going to help you with this. Okay? And he says, but you already know him. So I'm not telling you anything that is, is going to be new. But I love this language right here, and you don't need to miss it. And he goes, he's with you, but he's going to be in you. Okay? Hold on to that. <laughs> Hold on to that. That might be a little freaky to some of you. But it's actually incredibly biblical and incre incredibly a part of what God wants to do in your life. And why knowing that is important right now, more than any other time probably. He goes on, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. Because I'm sure you could read their faces. It is like, you know, you're going to leave? I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm not going to leave you as one who was parenting you, was loving you. I was your brother. I was connecting you with the Father, and all of a sudden now I'm out of here. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to do that. We're going to fix this. I will come to you, but the advocate... The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Man, that's good. I like that, don't you? That he has a purpose. Well, we're going, we're going to go over those purposes here in just a minute. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. The thought of being alone. The thought of being forgotten. The thought of not understanding what God is doing. We can all identify, perhaps even right now. But here's Jesus saying, look, whatever, I know what's getting ready to come your way. There's going to be a tremendous backlash of persecution coming against the church. You're going to be in such a place where you're going to feel that I've left you. You're going to be up in that upper room. You're going to be, what do we do now? But he says, don't worry. I've got a plan for you. It's coming. So, Let's go over what he said here. Because what we're talking about, what Jesus is talking about, is that he's going to send the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is going to be the person who will indwell us, and he's going to continue the work that Jesus was doing, and that was what? Communicating truth. Comforting, strengthening, speaking to them, perhaps even rebuking them from time to time, right? To say, no, don't do it that way. You need to do it this way. And so in many ways, what we have been given is exponentially more and better than having the person of Jesus with us. He says, look, unless I go, he says, it's good that I'm going away. And unless I go, he won't come. But when he does, he's going to come. See, Jesus was with them all the time, wasn't he? He, was, he would walk with them, but, but sometimes, you know, they might have gotten distracted and, and they were looking at pottery in, the, in, the, in the, you know, the, the marketplace and then Jesus moves on. Where did Jesus go? Wait, wait, wait. Run up and catch up with him. And there was that sense of loss, that sense of disconnect. But when the Holy Spirit comes, never will we ever feel that. Or at least that's what is promised. Because he is not going to be just with us. He's going to be inside us. Now let's look at that word advocate here. See, what does the advocate mean? It means stand in the gap. It means pleading our cause, a supporter or defender. 
Boy, that's good stuff, isn't it? Well, it's like a, a lawyer, isn't it? It's like having a lawyer on retainer all the time. You don't understand a contract. You don't understand what the IRS is saying. You don't understand this, that, the other thing, what's going on in the world. You can't understand what you just read. Well, what we have is the Holy Spirit who's ready to help us understand what's going on in our life. Not, not, not in its entirety. I'm not going to say that. But he's there to comfort us. He's going to be there. And I, the, the part of it I love the most is that what mu must have made them feel more like uh, uh, orphans than anything was that Jesus would not be there to defend them. Can you imagine Jesus walking on the scene who could rebuke demons that could cause the teachers of the law, to cause Pharisees who, who, were, who were full of pride, just divert their eyes. I mean, who else could sit there when all these people are getting ready to stone a woman caught in adultery and Jesus just walk up and say, let him who has, the first, who has no sin cast the first stone. And they all leave. Who else would do that? Who else could do that? And if you were following Jesus, how much that would have made you feel like, yeah, he's the man. He's the man. You don't, you don't mess with my buddy here. Go get him, Jesus. Can you imagine that? What that must have been like for three years walking with Jesus. The confidence they must have grown in, which makes sense why they acted some way, the way they did. A little overconfident. But what Jesus is saying, look, I did that for you. I'm now sending the Holy Spirit. He's going to do that for you. He's going to be your defender. You're going to be able to now pray in the Spirit. You're going to be able to war in the Spirit. You're going to be able to do things in the Spirit that you never could while I was here. In fact, what it's going to do is it's going to grow us up. He's there to teach us. He's there to remind us what the Holy Spirit is here to do, folks. If you think of it, it's exactly what we need right now. What we need is that sense of he's got this. He doesn't take a vacation. The Holy Spirit never disappears. The Holy Spirit doesn't just say, oh yeah, I'm, I'm moving on. He's everywhere present, okay? He's God. And that means if I'm full of the Spirit, and Joseph is full of the Spirit, and Jamie is full of the Spirit, well, that's not one-third of the Spirit broken up here. Uh-uh. I've got all of him. Joseph has all of him, and Jamie has all. Does that blow your mind? Of course it does. Okay? I mean, theologians spend all of their life's lives trying to figure this out, and we never will. But he's there to be inside us, and then he's going to help us if we will call out to him. If we'll call, now remember last week I talked about if you want to be fathered by God, it's our choice to whether we let him father us. Now we've been given the Holy Spirit, and it's our choice to let the Spirit be our advocate. Now let's use another word, comforter. Boy, I like that one, don't you? When you're feeling cut off, alone, when you feel like you don't understand, perhaps you've heard some bad news, you know, whatever it might be. Maybe you're feeling down because of criticism. Maybe you feel like, you know, people don't understand, you know. People have walked out of your life. I don't know. It could be so many things that we as human beings, we suffer with and we struggle with. The Holy Spirit is right there to comfort us. Say, you know what? It's going to be all right. You know, all of us have people like that in our life sometimes, you know, that, you know, you, you, you like. I'll, I'll never forget one time, one of the first times, I remember Michael, my, 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 one of my first pastors, 
pulled me out of the ditch. I was so discouraged about what was going on in the ministry, and, and, uh, and Andrea couldn't help me. We, we were actually uh, courting in those days, and I was just down. And I remember Michael just said, hey, you want to get lunch? And I'm like, yeah. And man, in a matter of 15, 20 minutes, man, he just filled me with faith, just filled me with faith. This was speaking into my life and just saying, you know what, David, man, this is just a road bump. This is just a, and anyway, he gave me perspective. He began to just fill my heart with faith and fill my heart with divine perspective. He helped me see beyond it. And it was like, wow, it was, I felt on top of it. I felt, I walked out of that lunch van, man, I just got filled up. But what's, what's beautiful is the Holy Spirit is, is, is ready and able to do that, folks, at any given time. Now, I, I love having friends, and I love having people in my life, but we should not bypass, we should not look over, we should not forget that that is exactly what the Holy Spirit wants to do to us and in, for us every single day, whenever we need him. It says he's going to guide us into all truth. Whew. Boy, we need that. Boy, do we ever need it. Right now, the word truth. <laughs> Does anybody really know what the heck is going on? Really? You know? Does anybody really know? You get your hope set on certain things. They call it hopium is what they've been talking about. And, and you start to think a certain way, and, and, then, and then it doesn't turn out to be the way it is, you know? And you've got to guard your heart from that, don't you? You really do. But it's the Holy Spirit who will come and just say, now look, let, let's discern this. Let's know what's going on. And always know that regardless of what happens in this world, folks, you know, I wrote somebody recently, I was, I was talking to him, and I wrote him and I said, you know what, we've we got to remember that this planet's going to burn. Okay, it's, it's set for burning. And so our hope is not here. It's not it. And as much as we want to put our hope in a, in a, in a, in a country, in a nation, in a person, in a, in a timing, in all of it, we have, it, the Holy Spirit's job is to help us kind of get that wake-up juice, to give us that divine perspective, and to remind us we're not of this world, to remind us that we got a better place, to remind us that we're part of something bigger and that he will never be defeated, ever, as long as we put our hope and trust in him. That's his job. He's going to guide us. He's not going to speak on his own, but only what he hears. So you don't have to worry. You know, sometimes when people talk about the Holy Spirit, I mean, I actually had a conversation with a person, a person one time who was a believer, and they said, well, I'm not really sure about this Holy Spirit stuff. I said, Holy Spirit stuff? I, I, you, mean, you mean the Holy Spirit, the person? Well, yeah, you know, my, my church, we just don't really talk much about that. And I was like, well, that's okay. I mean, I understand, but you do know he's God. And you do know he was sent. And you do know he's supposed to be a part. I mean, do you, know, do you believe in Jesus? Yes. Well, he's already in you. He's in you. You weren't able to be saved without him. Because of the work that he did inside you to bring you from darkness to light, from death to life, to bring, your, to, to bring the resurrection of your spirit to life. That, that was the Holy Spirit who did that. And so what I'm, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm really trying to hammer home here tonight, folks, is this reality that what we're trying to do is hear from God. 
And if we want to hear from God, then we don't have to go to some mountain in, you know, in Nepal. We don't have to go to some place and, and say om and, 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 and fast for 60, 60 days, which you can't do, you die. But anyway, you can't, you, you, all those kind of things. You don't have to do all that. Because you already have what God is, is prepared for you. You already have what Jesus has sent. Provided, again, you acknowledge him. You acknowledge him and you, you talk to him. Holy Spirit, show me. Guide me into all truth. Be my advocate. Comfort me here. Remind me of what Jesus said. I know I read those words. And what is amazing that when what we find is that when we do acknowledge the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is there to bring us the tools. You know, Jamie, he likes working with tools. And Jamie, wouldn't you love having somebody right there that knew the tool you need before you even asked for it? You just hold your hand out. Man, you're reading my mind. The Holy Spirit's more than that. Whatever you need, whenever you need, whatever you need and whenever you need it, the Holy Spirit knows. He's ready to help us. He will tell you what is yet to come. There's a prophetic element. Isn't that interesting? One that we don't always embrace. But in fact, it's in the gifts of the Spirit. If we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 through 14, you'll find that the prophetic element of having a sense of your future destiny, the Holy Spirit's there to tell you that. Oh, Pastor Dave, you're getting a little weird on me now. I'm reading your Bible here tonight, okay? This is not my own, own opinion. I'm telling you what the Holy Spirit has come to do. And I think what I have found and what some of you have found and maybe all of you have found, that when you ask God to give you peace regarding the future or that to give you a sense of, of, of your destiny or that should I or not do this, that the Holy Spirit is going to give you peace. That's prophetic. That's the Holy Spirit's job to do that, to lead us, to guide us, and to help us, and to even give us a sense of what is to come. I don't know that we, we tap into that enough. I'm not sure we do, but the Holy Spirit's ready to do it. Now, I have, to, as, as in my position, I have to pray that all the time. Lord, what is it that you want to do with Valley Community Church? Should we build or not build? What do, we, you know, what do you want to do? What is, what is your heart? What, what, what destiny do you have for Valley Community Church? That is, is, is the burden I carry is to hear that. And that's a prophetic element. And the Holy Spirit is there to tell me. Don't have to beg, borrow, or steal. All I need to do is ask. Again, he's going to remind us of God's word. He's going to teach us how to apply them. See, a lot of times we worship the Bible we worship the words. We think the words, I'm, I'm not, it's going to sound a little offensive, but just hang in here. We think those words just have magical content. That if we just hear them spoken, if we just read it, that it's going to have just kind of a, a wand waved over us. No, see, the word of God really does not come to life until you bring it inside of you. Until it becomes something that you know something, and, I, and of course I've already taught on this, but it's something that you get inside your head and it becomes, and, and mixed with faith, it then becomes something incredibly powerful. You know, even Paul said that. He said, the word of God is near you. It's in you. But it becomes power when we speak it in faith. And so the Holy Spirit's job is to remind us and, and of, of what he said, but he goes even further. He's going to help us know how to use the word of God. 
I like to think of it, let, let's just take a, a scenario where you're in a, you're, you're in a, a very spiritual uh, situation. You're feeling heavy or maybe you feel warfare. You feel like something dark is coming against you or whatever the case. And then if you're just like, Holy Spirit, help me, help me to know how I'm supposed to respond to this situation. Perhaps maybe you got a flat tire or, or you feel like you're getting ripped off from a business situation or, or whatever the case may be. Or, or maybe you see someone coming your way that, you, that you don't, you're fearful of what they might say to you or do to you or whatever. That's a moment you draw to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, help me. Speak to me. What should I do? What should I? And what I have found is the Holy Spirit, man, he's going to drop a verse in your mind. He's going to give you an idea. And I tell you what, it, God has, the Holy Spirit has amazed me over and over and over again in my life. And it's one of those things where I hit myself. I could have had a V8 moment when I say, and I, and I strive and I strive and I strive and I finally wake up and gosh, you know what? Have I asked the Holy Spirit to help me with this? It's one of those moments where you feel guilty, you feel a little bad. Man, I, I pushed this wagon down the road too far. Lord, forgive me. Holy Spirit, would you show me? What should I do? What should I say? How should I respond? And you know what? He's faithful to do it. Very faithful, if we'll listen. In other words, he takes the word of God. He makes it a wonderful application. That's the Holy Spirit's job. And we're supposed to acknowledge that, by the way. We're supposed to thank the Holy Spirit. We're supposed to, to connect. And so, what I, again, tying it back to what we're doing here is God is calling. How is God calling? Well, he's calling through the Spirit of God that he already sent. And we're getting a list of all the things that the Holy Spirit has been charged to do for you and me. So he sent his son Jesus to be the image of God so we could connect, we could, have a, we could see him. There's a, an image of however you see him, but he's a man, and he was a friend, and he was a lover of us, and he died for our sins. We got an image, and then he connected us to the Father, so now we feel the comfort of knowing we have a heavenly Father. But now on top of all of that, we have the Holy Spirit who will be inside us and bring it all together. Bring it all together. It tells us that he'll glorify Christ because he's getting his orders, quote-unquote, or revelation from Christ himself. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is always going to bring you to Jesus. It's what he's going to do. Because really, we need to understand that in heaven right now, they're celebrating what Jesus did. John got glimpses in the book of, of Revelation of what Jesus did. It's a celebration. And when we tap into that just for a moment, when we connect with the Holy Spirit, it's the Holy Spirit that when we think of Christ and what he did for us, it is that Spirit of God that rises up inside us with an incredible joy and a peace and an overwhelming sense of gratitude. That's the Spirit of God moving inside you. Absolutely. And so the chain works like this. From the Father, the Holy Spirit, from the Father to Jesus and to the Holy Spirit to us. So it starts with the Father of God. The, the Father says, this is what I want for you. And Jesus then says, I, he says I'm going to speak to the Father and I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. In case you, were, you got a little confused on that. He says, the Father is going to send the Holy Spirit. And he says, I'm going to speak to my Father. Well, it's all one. It makes sense that Jesus went to heaven and he said, Father, now, yes, let's send the Holy Spirit. But here's the thing. Holy Spirit was already here. Didn't he already say that? 
So what is he talking about? Well, he said, now look, Holy Spirit's getting ready to come. Wait a minute, Jesus. Wait, 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 Jesus. I thought you already said he's already here, that we've seen him. He said, yes. You've experienced him because he's with you. But now he's getting ready to come inside you. And it's going to fill you. Now, Jesus used this word very curiously. He says he's going to baptize you. Now, that's a word we know, don't we? Got baptized in water. What happens when you get baptized with water? You get inundated, don't you? It covers you. It's all over you. It's, it's, it, when you think of water, being, being baptized in water, man, you're being immersed in it. It's, it's, it, it's all over you. It's, it's, it's in you. It's every bit of you. And Jesus says the Holy Spirit's coming, and he's going to baptize you. And he says he is going to come, and he is going to stay with you, and he is going to do something else, which is my next point. And that is the Holy Spirit is going to give us power. The first part of what the Holy Spirit does is make the relational connection. Holy Spirit's job the whole time is to communicate. His job is to communicate to you, to help you, to advocate, to comfort you. You're going to hear his voice through the Holy Spirit who indwells you. Now he does even better stuff. Let's look at it. In Acts chapter 1, and Jesus replied, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father fixed by his own authority. I got to thinking about that. I've read that verse 100,000 times. But then it hit me, and right now, a lot of us are asking that question, aren't we? Jesus, when are you going to come? Can you get us out of this situation? Man, we're, we're kind of ready to close this whole thing up. And you could feel the disciples were asking the same thing. They're going, Jesus, when are you going to come back? When you, I mean, we know what the Old Testament says regarding the, the, this all, the earth being you know, drawn together, you know, all being burned up, and you coming, and, and the day of the Lord, we know all this. When's that going to happen, Jesus? He says, don't worry about that. Why? Why? How is it that I'm not going to be able to worry about that? He goes, because what I'm getting ready to tell you. He says, don't worry about the future. Don't worry about anything that's getting ready to happen in your life. Don't worry about what's going on in our nation. Don't worry about what's going on with the virus. Don't worry about all those things because what he's getting ready to tell you has critical importance to how you're going to function in this world. And what does he tell us? But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. What he's saying is, when the Holy Spirit comes, he is going to rattle your cage, man. He is going to come and give you an, an, an amazing power that is going to be able to help you. And that's why he said, look, when I go away, I'm going to send him and he is going to baptize you. He's going to come upon you and he's going to give you what you need to be able to function in this world as a follower of Christ, as a warrior for Christ. And to be able to face the darkness, to face the confusion, to, conface, uh, to face the fears, all of it. He says, I'm going to give you power, dunamis. He says, all that you've experienced, 
all that you have seen, I'm going away, and greater things will you do because I'm going on to the Father. And that is because this Holy Spirit who is going to come. The disciples, we know, they all wait, they wait, they wait. And he says, now look, he, you're going to be my witnesses. And you're going to go in this power that as long as you're walking in this fashion to, to be followers of me, that Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's going to be right there to do all that I've shared. He's going to advocate, he's going to comfort, he's going to guide you, he's going to do all this. But he's also going to empower you. Folks, so what I'm sharing with you tonight again, are just words. But the moment you ask the Holy Spirit to say, look, you know, or even repent and to say, Lord, Holy Spirit, forgive me for forgetting about you. And I ask you right now to baptize me. And you know what? A baptism, this baptism of the Holy Spirit doesn't always have to be, you know, a one and done. It doesn't have to be. In fact, what we read in, in, in the book of Acts is that the, Holy, the, the disciples are, are being baptized over and over again. Now, I, I definitely believe in a first experience. In other words, the first time I discovered who the Holy Spirit was, and I asked him to come, and, and he did. He filled me at the age of 17. And man, it was game on. Share the gospel more times. In my life, in, in a few short months, the confidence that rose up inside me, the confidence is still there if I tap into it. He's there, he's ready, he's ready to empower us to, to do what? To be witnesses. In Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world, in other words, our city, our region, and everywhere God sends us. Now, I've got a couple of quick questions and we'll finish. Was this power only available to the disciples? or the apostles, because there are some who believe that. And first of all, when you study the book of Acts, no. I mean, I can answer that, you know, quite confidently. The apostles actually prayed for people to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. In fact, it is documented for us to see that not only did they, that the 120 in the upper room, which would include men, women, and child, that they went to other places and they got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And then the coolest part was the Gentiles got baptized in the Holy Spirit. So it wasn't just the Jews. They got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And we have this documented four or five, about five different occasions where people experienced the Holy Spirit come upon them in power. And you can spend some time reading it. You should. Read the book of Acts. I'm, I'm actually quite surprised at how many Christians have never read, read the book of Acts. Read it, please. Read it. Because it'll basically tell you <laughs> what you're going to need to be doing over the next several months and years of your life. And the Holy Spirit's ready to make all of it happen. He's ready, 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 ready. So the answer to that question is, uh, it was, no, it wasn't just for the apostles. It was for everyone. Was this power only available to the first, second, and third century church? In other words, did that thing just kind of die out? <laughs> In other words, was it only the early, church, the early church had experienced that? No way. Now, could have been forgotten for a period of time? Oh, yeah. In fact, what I'm reading for you tonight may actually be the first time that this has ever been shared with you. And so I hope this is an encouragement to you. But in fact, I believe that historically, there have been periods, long periods of time, where the church has forgotten what the Holy Spirit's job was. And we've got to remember that he's not going to force himself upon us. He responds to those who call upon him. He'll be there for us. The Holy Spirit will come and fill us and baptize us and be there for all who would ask. 
So the answer to the question is no, it didn't stop in the early church. In fact, the Holy Spirit is available now, right now for you. And one of the things that I love about what Jesus said, he said, you're Jerusalem, you're, 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 yeah, you're Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Well, I've got a little, little hermeneutic here I want to throw at you. The guys will appreciate this. They hadn't been to the ends of the earth. And nor will they ever be to the ends of the earth. As far as they ever got, maybe Spain. They didn't go to China. They didn't go to the United States. Ever getting close to where to Alaska? Anywhere else? No. No. Roman roads, period. So what was Jesus saying? <laughs> Eventually you'll get there. And when you do, the Holy Spirit will be right there with you to make it happen. In fact, there is no other period of time in history where that uh, command from Jesus is actually able to, act, you know, to come to pass. We can actually get to every square foot of this planet right now. Matter of fact, you can pull out your phone on your global, your, your, global, your, your Google Earth and look at one square foot of Earth, can't you? It's amazing stuff. Amazing. Did the Holy Spirit fulfill his mission and leave? No way. Because the mission is not fulfilled until Jesus comes again. And so the Holy Spirit, he didn't give up on us. Holy Spirit is like, yes, sir, go and strengthen the church. Go be an advocate and a comforter to, a comforter to my people. And don't come back until it's done. I mean, I'm kind of joking there. But in other words, you know, well, this isn't done, Jesus, until you come again. That's when the Holy Spirit's job is done. So the question is this. Are you ready to be empowered? Are you ready to have more confidence and boldness? Are you ready to be able to face this generation? That in however you view it, I don't know, maybe you see it's an awakening. Maybe you see this is actually a darker time than we've ever experienced. I'm not sure. But regardless of what has happened, and whatever you're feeling, I got a funny feeling for those who put their hope in Jesus Christ, we sense that this is all going to be challenged, that there's, there is a darkness upon us. But it can be light if, if the church begins to understand that we have not been left as orphans. We have not been left alone. We have not been left powerless or without an advocate or without a comforter or without whatever we need in order to be able to stand with whatever's coming. You have him. I have him. And we can have them in abundance and in, in, in overflowing tonight if we'll just ask them. Amen? Let's stand up tonight.